Welcome to the Northern Business Podcast. Each week we talk to people active in the business community and the economy about big issues driving growth in the north of England. We're sponsored by Virtue Motors, one of the UK's largest motor retailers. Check out its website at virtuemotors.com. I'm Graham Robb, owner of Recognition PR. We help scores of businesses promote their products and services, and some are featured on this podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. In the studio today, we have Gary Giles, founder of Ogle, one of the UK's leading eco-friendly building specialists. They've been featured on BBC Two's Your Home Made Perfect, and they made a pitch, a successful pitch, on Dragon's Den. Down the line, we have Naomi Templey. Uh, now, Naomi is the Innovation Director at the Merseyway Innovation Centre. And later, my colleague Josh will be talking to the Chief Executive of the Materials Processing Institute, Chris McDonald. And he'll be talking about something innovative as well, the new electric arc furnace that's going to be located on Teesside. So a lot of innovation to talk about. Indeed, Gary. indeed, indeed. Uh, Naomi, I'm going to kick off with you, if, that, if that's all right. Tell us about the yeah. uh, Innovation Centre at uh, Merseyside. What, what does it do? What's it all about? Okay, so um, the Innovation Centre, um, this is a brand new Innovation Centre actually, but it's part of Innovate Stockport. So it was designed specifically for um, ambitious startups and entrepreneurs in Stockport. Um, it's located in a former retail unit right in the heart of the, the, the town centre um, and it's, it's a place to work and collaborate. Um, my role as Innovation Director is to support the businesses um, that, that come in, so I'm here one day a week. Um, when I'm not doing this, um, I am a freelance growth and innovation consultant. And fun fact about Naomi, I went on Dragon's Den in 2008. Oh, thank Wow. Well, here's a fun fact. That with this all links up. I'm glad we've got something in common. I, my firm, and Recognition's very proud, we still represent Duncan Bannertine. And, uh, oh, right. and Duncan was one of the original dragons. Yes, and now yeah, he was on when I was on. I dared <laughs> ask you, but go on, just for fun. What did you pitch and what did Duncan say? My friend Duncan, he didn't give you a hard time, did he? Right. Well, he's not my friend, put it that oh way. Oh, my God. Not... <laughs> I always go, I always go. Can I have to, yeah. I just so want a glass of water so to wash down my with, um, <laughs> an American events company. Yes. Um, that I had. So I, I had an American, went up with my American business partner, um, who, and we were in the den for an hour and 45 minutes. It was when it was used. It was filmed at Pinewood Studios. It was very exciting because Anthony Hopkins was filming at the same time, and he had this. He was doing this film called Wolfman. So there's loads of people dressed up as wolves, um, and you know it was terrifying to do it. But we got offered investment by Deborah Meaden, but we turned her down. Oh well, um, you got and... investment, so that's good, isn't it? Oh yeah, no, it was great. It was great, and Deborah was absolutely lovely. But your mate, what's his face? Don't oh, like him. Oh, was on him. <laughs> oh, that's on your love and affection. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's get back to Merseyway Innovation Centre. Now, yeah. um, you obviously in this tech and innovation uh, field. You just explained uh, yeah. there, Naomi. Um, the average age of digital tech employees is quite young, thirty-five. How do you yeah. think we encourage older workers to embrace the sort of new digital tech skills that are coming into the workforce? It's, 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 it's interesting um, that, that, that you say this. So so I, I am um, at the ripe old age of 52, even though I identify as 42. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think there, it, there are more than 2 million people that now work in UK tech. 
Um, and that was based on uh, Comp TIA's State of the Tech work Workforce Report in um, in 2022. Um, so they had basically they they talked about the fact that you know contributing those two million people contribute uh, 82.6 billion to the UK economy. Um, in my opinion, um, so I was. Um, I was announced as the fourth most influential woman in UK tech by Computer Weekly um, in last month. And I would say out of the 50 women, um, out of hundreds and hundreds of people that um, were put forward, um, a lot of them are actually in their 40s and 50s. So, um, you know, I think I think there's a, a big thing around um, upskilling people there's definitely you know we people now don't have linear careers so my first career was in the travel sector i then worked in tech recruitment then travel recruitment and then had an events company and then sort of do, you know going into the space that i'm in now so i predominantly work with tech startups and scale-ups um and yes you do see a lot of very young people um but i still think one of the biggest things that um, it, it is 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 actually the fact that there's only 17 percent of women that work in tech roles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a famous movie, despite, right, isn't there, about the yeah. toilets of the convention of tech people and the cute yeah, and yeah. And I think you know, d despite you know, women accounting for 49 percent of the working population, that is still a problem. But I do think there is lots of people now that are transferring skills from other job roles and going into the tech sector. And just one more point is that actually most people have this misconception that the tech sector is just about coding. It's not. There are a plethora of different roles for everybody um, in this sector. No matter how old you are. No, I agree. Or young. I, I don't disagree, but I'm 60 next year, and I'm, I constantly challenge myself to keep myself... You don't look a day over 42. You're very good. I, I'm trying to get you. You're very kind of you. Uh, and um, I am trying to, to do what you're saying, you know, to try and have a, a journey in my professional life yeah. so that I keep keep up to it. And, uh, I, and you know, attitudes among different yeah. uh, people in the workforce are somewhat different. Um, yeah. But... You know, there's a lot. My own firm has just engaged a consultant to roll out an AI strategy, which I'm going to be talking to yeah. all my team about. And I don't know yeah. to what extent the younger people will embrace it more than the older people, but I'm fully yeah. up for it. And uh, we'll see. I'm all over it like a rash. Yeah, excellent. Now, let's look at uh, the number of startups. There was a record number of business startups at the beginning of this year. It was a real peak. Um, now, yeah. is technology helping drive those startups, do you think? are we? Is that at the heart of business growth in Britain? Do you know what? Uh, I've got some stats about this, actually. Interestingly, um, according to Startups 100 2023, their industry data around startups, 56.5% of those startups were technology. 18.8%, so um, yeah, which is very high. But I think what we do need to consider is actually most businesses are enabled by technology. Yeah. So you've got to talk so, about interrupting you know, the data. Let's have the data. We love it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 then you know also um, there are sort of other other things to you know maybe consider as well. Again, um, just talking about women because I am a woman. Um, is that actually there was quite a, an, an increase in actually women starting businesses as well? Right. And what was the eighteen percent? Um. So so sorry. The, the going back to. Um, the, the, you know, 56.5% technology, 
18% is lifestyle businesses. Yeah. 7% retail hospitality, education 5.9% and then 11% everything else. Right. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Now, um you were just saying and I think it's worth just picking up on before we go to Gary. Yeah. And that that was that technology enables all businesses. Now I think that's Yes, right, of course. Uh you know, yeah. there's been we I think we're beyond the sort of bricks and mortar versus clicks and mortar thing now. A business yeah. doesn't allow you to click and collect or doesn't allow you to a delivery at the same time as having a good premises yeah. isn't going to work. But uh, no. is do you think that uh, uh, that adaptation is actually now working in Britain? Are we, are we ahead of the curve? Are you seeing in, in the Northwest, in Stockport, smaller businesses adopting quickly? I, I think digital transformation comes into this so people can work smarter. Um, but I also think there is definitely a need for the bricks and mortar businesses. So, you know, there is in Stockport where, where we are, there is a, a town centre that has, has evolved massively and we're actually getting businesses coming from the Manchester City Centre into Stockport because actually the rent's cheaper, the rates are cheaper, and they, but they've still got those, those customers. So, you know, I, I think this is about, you know, yes, businesses are enabled by digital, um, but it's also, you know, they need to, to work smarter um, and use technology to 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 help them mm. but it's just it's just knowing knowing that and again i think people have this misconception that it's always young people that know about tech but actually i know loads of people who are our age um who are head, ahead of the curve because yeah. they are they you know sucking it all in and you see I, I think it depends on what sort of sectors you work in because i am working predominantly with tech businesses um, I have to. I have to know what's going on. Let's bring Gary in. Um, mm. Gary, you're listening today. I am, actually, yeah. You've set up a business. Talk about your products in a minute. What do you make of what she was saying? You, we're all a similar age, I suppose. Yes, yes, well, we are. Yes, sort of, uh, sort of, of what's the phrase they use these days? Is it great, 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 great entrepreneurs or great entrepreneurs? Great entrepreneurs. Great entrepreneurs. Great entrepreneurs. Great entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah, well, that's sort of, uh, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> mine's still the highlights, you know. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So you, you are clearly, uh, you've got a business that's running out of Stockton on Tees. Yep. Uh, well, this, these northern towns, Stockton, Darlington, Stockport, are definitely coming up a little bit um, as places that you can locate and run your business and you don't have to be in the city. You know what I think it is, Grim, if I'm being honest? I think a big factor is people have, have now realised that, you know something, living in a, living and working, more probably working in a big city, do you need to do it anymore? So, I mean, obviously, a lot of our products are garden rooms, garden offices. People are working from home all of a sudden. I mean, I mean, let's be, let's be honest. The, the phrase "hybrid worker" didn't exist yeah. three years ago. Yeah, it's it's now like sort of become. I mean, I was I was talking to a friend of mine who was in recruitment, who sort of said, "Well, you know, it, it's almost the first question is is how much of my, of my role is hybrid." You didn't, you didn't have that question even two years ago. Well, you know? it's a very good segue yeah. into yeah. your product. Yes, um, indeed. There are people listening, so you're going to have to use a description as well as the video. So okay. if you could show us what this product is and do us a mini Dragon's Den. I'll do, I'll do, a, I'll do a, mini, a mini Dragon's Den, okay? So the whole world is built in blocks, which are six-sided shapes. Mm-hmm. We build in L shapes, for want of a better word. And what we do is we take two L shapes, like that, which you can't see if you're, if you're listening, unfortunately. And we tessellate one round 
to make a block shape. And now I'm seeing a rectangular cube. And looking around the rectangular cube, and then we build that on the foundation, and then we just effectively start building. Now these cubes, like this. for people listening, are made of flat pieces of composite material. Correct. And they are about the size, a little bit bigger than a house brick. Yes. Um, now, this composite material is now linking in to make a wall. Correct. And this wall... Is a, is, is a double-skinned wall, as you, as you would sort of build traditionally. And I'll turn, for the people watching, turn, turn the profile of this piece of kit round. Run. You can see the wall and how it looks as a cutaway. Yeah. And you can see it's a hollow wall uh, made out of uh, things that look like nice kitchen top surfaces. Actually. They are, but it's actually worth polystyrene. It's the... Um, Bits of car, bits of flower pot, the inside lining of fridges and freezers, right. um, the uh, white polystyrene goods that you sort of that your sort of cooker or um, whatever you will arrive, uh, which is then sort of taken away. And so it's, all this waste gets it's the, the whole the whole thing was to it. Does it get pulverized? Does it get? Uh... Uh, pressurized what uh, effectively what happens is it gets sort of depending on on the source of the material it gets um crushed into a, a, a denser shape effectively because what you sort of see is white polystyrene it's everybody thinks it's polystyrene it's actually only five percent polystyrene 95 percent air so by crushing it and pulverizing it what you're doing is is taking the air out of it or most of the air out of it then you then you're shredding it and then you're making a series of uh, extruded pieces, which we have a what we call a horizontal, mm -hmm. and a, sorry, a horizontal and a, and a vertical. That, that's that's how you make, and these all put together to form hollow a, building a, material, a hollow hollow L shape. Yeah, uh, and then by sort of putting those two L shapes together is, is what ma makes our. I won't say block because we don't make blocks effectively. Sort of um, what we do is we make uh, we make a course, right, and then w what we then do is by using. Um, um, Mitered joints, we form corners, mm -hmm. uh, and then by sort of joining the corners together, you, the, you form walls. We form walls. And, and Correct. Got a flash on screen pictures of things like garden rooms. Yep. Where people can work from home. And to the segue, when you were talking about hybrid working, yep. you can create rooms for your garden is one use, but there are other building uses. Yeah, um, I mean, it was, it was originally invented as a flood defence system, and still works as that. Um, but we, when we looked at the route to market, um, bear in mind we start, started developing this prior to the whole COVID-19 mm -hmm. pandemic. Um, that was our orig original thought, then all of a sudden it was, well hang on, we can make corners out of this thing. So why are we sort of going down the flood defence system when we can be sort of going for the garden room system? Right. Now, uh, so you built, you're now selling kit form. Yep. Garden rooms. Yes, um, we haven't launched it as kit form. At the minute, we're still assembling right. and, are, and are also looking for teams of people to assemble them on our behalf. Um, because what we do is we have the patent for this, which, which is it's patented UK, most of Europe, USA and China. Uh, so the plan is, is that to, to license it in foreign markets and then in the UK market to then reach sort of further parts of the country rather than just the north by uh, licensing on, on, on the same basis as you would sort of uh, or, or have installers in, in various areas. Okay, so but people can buy it and you yep. deliver it and yep. you'll install it. And we'll build it. You have to have a bespoke price depending on where they are. Correct, yeah. I mean, we sort of, at the minute, obviously sort of our, our teams are going out and building, but the idea is is that eventually, you know, why why 
jump in the car and or jump in the van and drive down to Aldershot, which we did last week. Yeah. You know, sort of it makes more sense to have a team in Aldershot building them down there, you know, and, and, we, and we, we, we will simply manufacture, put them on a pallet, because one of the beautiful things is, which unfortunately, if, you get, if you're listening, you can't see it, is it packs away it does, to, yeah. to one fifth of its build size. Yes. Now, so um, you went on Dragon's Den, you asked for £100,000 uh, for 10%? No, we asked for £50,000 for for 5%. Right. And oh, we, for 10, yeah. yeah, and then, yes, yes, and then we got offered uh, 50000 for 10%. Right. So, so we, you, you notionally accepted that. Yes. Then what happened? Then it went through the, the whole due diligence process, uh, and without it being sort of too. Um, What's the word? I'm sure Naomi's smiling because she knows, what, she knows what's coming now. Um, we, it was decided by both parties, should we sort of say, not to follow on in the whole due diligence process. You slept on it? We slept on it, yes. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, sort of the, the main reason for going on the programme was always going to be um, the whole experience of going on there and the exposure to, to, a, to a, a great and market. And forming your pitch as well. You, yeah. These things, you concentrate the mind when you're asking. It's great, yeah. Don't you? You concentrate the yeah. mind. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's a fantastic process. Mm. Uh, I, I, as Naomi sort of said there, I mean, so we were in for not far short of, short of two hours, you know, which is then cut down yeah. into, into a 10, 15 minutes sort of piece on TV. But here's the interesting final flourish yeah and that is that you did actually get investment by going a different route yes tell, tell us how much you got and what percentage yes what we sort of decided was um as the program sort of launched we decided to we we, we knew that we weren't going to proceed with the dragons so what we, what we did was we sort of looked at crowdfunding um which is obviously quite i won't say innovative but it's it's something that's been um quite prevalent over the past probably sort of five six years it's become much more relevant and then we um sort of went through that process so that when we when the program went out on the tv we effectively launched our crowd camp our crowdfunding campaign and rather than get fifty thousand for ten percent from the dragons we got Two hundred fifty thousand for ten percent from the crowd. So yeah, it's worth two point five million. That business. There you go. Results. That's fantastic. Naomi, what do you make of that? You're you're running this. You're working with this innovation centre in uh, Merseyway, the Merseyway centre. What do you? Is this the kind of telly you'll have people like Gary who who are over there? Won't you? Yeah, with loads of conversations. So th this this is like um, the centre is actually um, very new. So uh, you know we've we've come from um, you know. A, a, it's a brand new space, so it's it's funded by ERDF, um, the council, the Arts Council England, and the Northern Powerhouse Fund. Um, but I, you know, I come across it, like I'm, I'm desperate to have a conversation, actually off off record, um, just about your Dragons and experience, but also <laughs> as well, just thinking about the different uses. So we've got a tenant here, for example, who runs a homeless charity, yeah. and one of the things that he's looking at doing is a project to develop modular housing like tiny houses yep. he could use your stuff yeah that's, um, that's exactly it so, sort of, yep. yeah and I, you're I a great it, connector it, now i mean i like to see oh i am made on oh, my podcast. I am. Yeah, like, yeah there we go so, so we'll catch up afterwards we'll definitely we'll naomi. catch up afterwards yeah. well look naomi and gary thank you for coming on the program and uh, I, I just for viewers and listeners that are in the north of england who are looking for a place to locate Stockport is a thriving town. It's humming mm. over it there. Is. Stockport's uh, where it's happening. And you can get 
relatively soft terms for tenancy, can you? Yeah. Is it relatively yeah. easy? We, we, have, yeah. we have um, co-working, we have shared offices, right. we have individual offices. It's somewhere that you can sort of grow and swap and change. We also have a series of events. We have workshops. So it's, it's, it's brilliant. I, I'm absolutely loving I mean, my time here. If you're to locate your business and you're not in Stockport, then go, get in touch with I'll, Gary. I'll come do it somewhere. You can have something <laughs> built in your back. Well, well it... We have in Oxford Innovation actually have thirty-one innovation centres across the UK. Right, great. Right. Well, so, thank you, Matt. anywhere. Thank you, Gary. We're <laughs> going to take us to another type of innovation now. We're going to go over to my colleague Josh Havigan. He's been speaking with Chris McDonald, Chief Executive at the Materials Processing Institute. Thank you, Graham. Today I'm at the Materials Processing Institute in South Bank in Middlesbrough. I've been speaking with Chris McDonald, who's the Chief Executive about British Steel's new announcement of a brand new electric arc furnace. It's going to be built just down the road here in Teesside. What does that mean for steel making in the UK? Let's find out. So British Steel have announced that they want to go green in their steel making and to do that they're going to close their blast furnaces that are based in Scunthorpe and split their steel production in two with one big electric arc furnace in Scunthorpe and one here in Teesside. And clearly that's really great news for Teesside. We see the return of steel making here but there are uh, consequences for the workforce in Scunthorpe as well, which is a big concern because potentially some big job losses in Scunthorpe. Did steelmaking never really leave Teesside? Well, you know, it didn't really. Because right behind me here at the Materials Processing Institute, we've got our own small-scale uh, electric arc furnace. And we use it for research, but we also use it for commercial steelmaking. So we've kept the flame of steelmaking alive here in Teesside for the last eight years. And we're delighted that our little steel plant will have a big brother next door in the very near future. So can you explain in layman's terms how an electric arc furnace works? Yeah, so an electric arc furnace is like a sort of giant lightning storm taking place inside this massive reactor. We put, it, we put uh, scrap steel inside, we, we charge it up with a lot of electrical power and the, the lightning melts the scrap steel so it becomes liquid steel and we can do lots of processing on it to turn it into steel. One of the things we can't do though with the electric arc furnace is make steel from iron ore. That's what some people call primary steel making. So what I'm looking for in this announcement from British Steel and from Tarnton Steel as well is a national plan to return primary steelmaking to the UK. That was Chris McDonald, Chief Executive of the Materials Processing Institute. He was giving us the on-the-ground response from industry in Teesside to that latest announcement from British Steel. Let's go back to Graham. Thanks, Joss. Now, if you'd like to join us as a guest on the Northern Business Podcast, please feel free to get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks to my producer, Harry Sinclair, and my technical operator, Robin Campbell. Join us next time for the Northern Business Podcast. Never miss an episode. Like, rate, and subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts.